0: Here I am, so <clears throat> we're uh, happy to hear that Christy is doing okay. Um, can you turn me up just a little bit so I don't have to like get on it so much? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, out at Kicker we've had, I gosh, I don't know how many cases, like maybe Shelly probably knows nine or in the last week. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a lot of prayer needed for for people and just uh, concern about what's going on. And uh, uh, but we're so glad Christy's better and the family's uh, doing well. So, that's great news. Uh, these are crazy times, right? Anybody agree with that? Um, just things are changing so fast. Uh, you know, I mean, just Speaking of the virus, I guess you'd say that that just changed so fast and is still <clears throat> changing. And uh, but this is the world we live in today. You know, so uh, as Jim said, uh, let's be even. Let's deal with it and uh, do what God wants us to do in these times that we're in. And uh, there's no guarantees that uh, we'll have good times. Right. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. And uh, he was right on that one. <laughs> so uh, here we are. Uh, I want to uh, I want to talk this morning about truth. And uh, there's probably a lot of uh, debate as to what is true, what is right uh, out there. In fact, this isn't a new debate. Uh, I want to, I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures, so uh, mostly I'll read them. And if they can flash them up there, that'll be great. But uh, in John 18, uh, this is interesting. Jesus is before Pilate, and... Uh, He answered, uh, Pilate said, you're a king then. And uh, Jesus answered, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? That's what we're talking about. So what did Pilate say? He said, so what's truth? Good question, right? Because he was stuck in the middle, uh, you know the Jews had brought Jesus to him and uh, um, and interestingly enough, at the last minute, the messenger comes and tells him that his, his wife had had a dream that this was a good man, a good and just man, and you shouldn 't you know put him to death and so Pilate is is uh, really torn between that, and then the crowd is out there you know clamoring for him and, and uh, uh, to crucify him, so Pilate is really. You know, stuck in the middle, I mean, kind of like we are, there's a lot of voices out there saying things, different things, and uh, uh, lots of different things. And Pilate was stuck in the same place, and so Jesus said, uh, everyone that's of the truth comes to me, and Pilate says, really, he says, so what the heck is truth? (laughs) You know, there's all these voices speaking at me, and uh, I don't know what's truth. And uh, I think he was in a little bit of the same position that we find ourselves in today. Um, there 's really so many different opinions today of what truth is and what 's right and uh, i 'll just run through a few and you can you can make up your own uh, first one is are you Republican or Democrat? you know which one is right? you know uh, how about uh, should you get a vaccine or not get a vaccine? which one is right what 's the truth here you know which one should we choose? everybody thinks. You know, we're we're trying to find the truth. We think we find it. We kind of solidify on that. So we think maybe that's the truth. Um, should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? Um, should you listen to mainstream news or should you listen to alternative news? You know, which one is the truth? Which one is right? Uh, what about medicine? Should you go for um, the uh, holistic approach or should you go for you know, kind of non-traditional, or should you follow the traditional medical guidelines? Should you follow CDC? Which one is truth? Which, which way should you go? Um, are you for the government? Or are you against the government? Is the government kind of got some conspiracies going, or are they, are they honest? Or, you know, which side are you on, on that? Uh, which, which one do you want to pick? Are you, do you believe there's uh, conspiracies going on, or do you think that's a bunch of bunk? There's not any conspiracies going on. And uh, how about, uh, are you for Biden? Or are you for Trump? You know, uh, one of them is a the savior of the world and one of them's, uh, you know, the Antichrist. So, but which one? <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, we're, we're in these uh, difficult times of deciding this. Uh, are you a racist or are you not a racist? Which one are you? What's the truth here? You know, of, of which side you're on. Uh, do you believe in climate change or not? Are things getting warmer or not? Is that all a hoax or fake or what? So uh, most of us uh, in many ways are opinionated and uh, we think that we're right uh, in our opinions. The problem is, is that divides us. And so we're a country and a people that are becoming more and more solidified in our positions and divided in our positions and so despite which side you're on we're divided and becoming more divided (coughs) so let's look over at John excuse me 17 uh, 15 through 17 and uh, so the question is what is true and what is the truth in the world today how can we figure that out what's true We've got a lot of questions in front of us. Um, I want to look at the 15th verse. <clears throat> Jesus is praying in John 17, 15. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. So we're in the world, right? We're dealing with all these, which side are you on? You know what, What's right? What's wrong? What's the truth? What's not the truth? and uh, But Jesus said, I'm not praying you take them out of this mess. I'm praying that you would protect them from the evil one because there is an evil one that's got an agenda. And so really, I think as Christians, what we need to do is realize, so what's the agenda here? And uh, that's what Jesus was praying. He said, they are not of the world, even as not I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And the word sanctify means to set apart. So, yes, we're in this world with all these questions of what is truth and what is not. But there's, he's saying, there's another way that we can be set apart and be different from all these things that are are confusing us. And that is the truth. Sanctify them by your truth. And he says, your word is truth. So, he doesn't say Trump is truth. He doesn't say Biden is truth. He doesn't say climate change is true or climate change is not true. He says your word is true. That's the thing that's true in this world. There's a lot of questions, and there's a lot of stuff floating around, and Jesus said, I'm not going to take you out of that. I'm not going to take you out of that, but I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to set you aside in the middle of that, and my word is truth. That's what I want you to go on. Okay, so let's look at John 1, 1 through 5. So what is truth? And truth is really personified, actually, in who? Anybody know? In Jesus, right? Somebody said that. So John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. <clears throat> he was with God in the beginning. Does anybody know who this is talking about? Take a guess. Right. So it's talking about Jesus. You can figure that out if you if you go on through this. But And this is the one that he's talking about. Through all things uh, were made. Through him all things were made. Thank you. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So this is the one that's in control of everything and that created everything. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness understood it not. The darkness is, what would you say, when you don't know the truth, right? I mean, if you walk into a room that's full of furniture and it's dark, and you don't, the truth is that there's a big desk right there that's going to hit you on the shin, you know, or a coffee table, <laughs> or you're going to stub your toe on something. That's a truth, right? But when it's dark, you can't see that. And it says that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness, but the darkness understood it not. So those that were of the darkness or that weren't seeking the truth, didn't understand it, didn't make sense. But his light, Will shine in the darkness and help us through this darkness that we're in now, which is which choice to make, which way to go, what to do, what's good, what's right, what's wrong, this sort of thing. He will help us go through that because He is the truth. Um, let's look over at John 14, 5. Thomas said to him Lord we don't know where we're going and how we can know the way Jesus answered I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me if you really knew me you would know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him so He's saying the truth is is Jesus and his word. And also, we can see his word because the word became flesh. We can see how he lived and what he did. And so that's the truth that we want to follow, is follow Jesus, right? We're disciples of Jesus, and we want to follow him. And he is the light, so he'll shine the way for us to go through this this darkness uh, that we're in. And he said, if you knew me, You would also know the father. So it's not just Jesus. We're following God through this. He said, because uh, he's the word made flesh. But, um, but if you know, if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. So when you've got Jesus and you're following him and his word, you've got everything. That's what matters. That's the thing that matters. It's not so much all the issues and all the darkness that's floating around and the, trying to sort out the truth. It's like trying to find the coffee table in the darkness so you don't hit your shin on it or stub your toe, uh, which which we're all kind of trying to do. And most of us think we've sort of found it and figured it out. But it says he's the, the truth, and he will light the way that we can go. <clears throat> there was a lady that uh, lived in the 1800s, and uh, <clears throat> her name was Isabella uh, Br- Brumfrey, and she was an uh, American abolitionist, a women's rights activist. And she was also a Christian. And she was a black lady. And she was quite influential. She was also an author. And uh, she had a, a quote. She changed her name when she became a Christian. She said, I want to tell people about the hope that, that lies within me. And she changed her name to Sojourner Truth. In other words, she's on a truth path. She's seeking after, <clears throat> seeking after truth. And uh, this was a quote, kind of a famous quote from her. It says, the truth is powerful and it prevails. So when we follow Jesus and when we follow his word, it's powerful and it will prevail. And the world would say, that doesn't make a lick of sense that you're, you're acting that way and doing those things. Because it says the world understands it not. They don't get it. That she said, the truth is powerful and it prevails. And she was quite an influential woman in her life. And the truth of God <clears throat> prevailed in her life. And I think that's why she said that. But as we go on and follow the Lord, we'll see that the truth will prevail. And in the end, it will absolutely prevail. So, and we have to have some faith to believe that, right? Because sometimes the darkness is pretty dark. And we really can't see our way. So, uh, <clears throat> so if god's word is truth and jesus was the word made flesh he was the living example of the word then how should we live in this world How? what should we do how should we be behaving ourselves and uh and how should we be sanctified in other words set apart in this world what makes us different in this world is it because we've said uh by golly, uh, everybody needs to be vaccinated. Does that is that what Jesus wants, or by golly, that's going to hurt you? Don't do that. Is that the truth? Is that is that what it is? Is that what we're all about as Christians, or we're all about uh, you know campaigning for for this or that? Uh, how do we know? You know, how do you know that's not the big issue that we should be campaigning for as Christians? So. I just found a few scriptures that uh, help me to understand what it means to be sanctified or set apart in this world, to be in the world, yet not of it, not doing the same thing everybody else is doing in this world. And you might say uh, dividing things up into this side and this side. Do you think that's pleasing to God, to be divided on things? Is it easy not to be divided? Not really. We need God's help, don't we? We need Him to show us the way to do that. <clears throat> so, uh, Philippians 2 5 through 11, this is a pretty famous verse, but uh, I think it's Dale Barnes' favorite verse. <laughs> Somebody kick him over there. This is your favorite verse, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Philippians 2, <coughs> excuse me, 2 5. Your attitude, this is talking about how we live, your attitude should be the same as of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And being made, in human like, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on a cross. Does this relate to us in, in the way that we think and the things that we do? Therefore, but what happened? Truth is powerful, and it prevails, right? <laughs> Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him a name that is above every name, that at every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, did it make sense that you humble yourself under oppressive rule under under people that do wrong things to you? Does that make sense? Not really, does it? We need to stand up for our rights, right? I mean, by golly you know but yet Jesus didn't so i mean so what's the way that we should go i mean where where's the light but what happened it said therefore because he entrusted himself says to him who judges who who judges justly which is god he entrusted himself to god therefore he was raised to the very highest place you know another scripture says <clears throat> My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. <laughs> As the heavens are higher above the earth, so are my, my ways above your ways. Um, <clears throat> if we want to be set apart in the world, we're going to be different. We're going to be different from everybody else. Uh, if you're going to be set apart, that mean, that's what it means. So, <clears throat> humility. Uh, that's the first one I came up with to set ourselves apart in the world. Uh, not demanding our rights on everything jesus had could have, Jesus had a, a lot of rights to demand. <laughs> he was God, right He made you, <laughs> and uh just think about that. He had a lot of rights, he had every right he had way more rights than we do first uh, corinthians eight one three three says says that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. You know, even, you might say, sometimes knowledge of good things or of things that seem, seem good and things. But is it possible to become proud, uh, you know, with knowledge? Yeah, it says because it can puff up. But it says love builds up. So what do we want to do as salt and light in the, in the world? Puff up or build up? <laughs> you know, us or other, and other people. Um, so humility is a characteristic and that will set you apart in this world if you're truly humble that will set you apart you'll not be like everybody else Uh, how about anger you know we're angry because people do certain things and they're acting certain ways and they're saying this and they're claiming that and all these things in our we might call it our righteous anger you know are we're indignant you know that that people uh, do things, but uh, James one twenty he says that that the wrath of man works not the righteousness of god, and uh i 'm going to read that because it says it better than I did uh For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And we're talking about how we should live. It says, but man's anger doesn't bring that about. It doesn't bring out the righteous life, the set-apart life, the different life that God wants us to live in this world. Um, Psalms 37, 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Where does anger lead? That's what it says. It leads to evil. There's a reason not, not, to, not to be angry. Um, and hold it. Let's say hold it. You know, it says don't let the sun go down on it. So, you know, as we hold anger in our life, uh, it, it reaps a bad... Uh, result in our own life, so this is something to set ourselves apart. We don't hold anger every time somebody mentions something that's a trigger for us. We don't get angry, right? You're different. Why don't? Why aren't you angry about that? You know what's different? Because you're set apart. You're different from from everyone else. Psalms eighty-six fifteen is a is a good one, I think. Uh, it says, but you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. I think that's more of a definition of the type of person that God wants us to be, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. <clears throat> what about judging? Of course, we don't do that, but if, if you did we know people that do right and we're angry at them and <laughs> yeah, we got problems okay um, Matthew 7 1 through 5 says do not judge or you too will be judged somebody they always say you know you're pointing one finger well oh, there's three pointing back at you <laughs> I guess that's the Father, Son and Holy Ghost right that's my that's my spiritual insight Okay. Um, for the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So we want to be we want to be careful. And uh, it goes on to talk about the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, but you pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. We judge people, but yet we've sort of got our own problems, and. Uh, <clears throat> He said, let me take the speck out of your eye. Uh, when there's a plank in your own, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So uh, there's a lot of things said about that. What's the, what's the plank in your own eye? Uh, I think one of the things is just that you have that you've allowed yourself to become divided, because that's kind of what we're talking about today, Divided from that person because of what they did. And you've, caused, you've created a judgment against them. And so now you no longer have any love towards them. The person that Jesus died for, that, that he gave up his life for, you have no love for them. And so you've got a big plank in your eye. And we're going to go into love on your enemies <laughs> a little bit too. So these are tough things. You know, but that's what, uh, you know, so you judge somebody, but really you also kind of, kind of hate them. You don't really like them, or you're angry with them, or let's uh, see where that goes. Um, Matthew five thirty eight, uh, paybacks. Are you happy when somebody gets paid back <laughs> for what they did? <clears throat> um, Matthew five thirty eight. In that one you've heard it said an eye for an eye tooth for a tooth but I tell you do not resist an evil person is that in the Bible <laughs> really is that maybe it's a bad translation <laughs> do not resist an evil person if someone strikes you on the right cheek you stand up for your rights and fight, right? I mean, that would be the logical thing to do. Turn the other cheek to him also. Does that set you apart? Man, that sets you apart. You are somehow different. You know, when Jesus was before Pilate, it says he marveled that he didn't didn't, uh, argue with his accusers. He marveled at that. He was different. Pilate knew it. someone wants to take your tunic let them have your your cloak as well I got a good lawyer (laughs) I mean he's on retainer (laughs) if someone forces you to go one mile go with him two miles give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you you know you mean you can 't pay them back you can 't get back at them you can 't fight you, how does this work? You guys can explain that to me later because i don 't have that all down yet, but you know that sets you apart right i mean this that that makes you really really different uh, matthew five forty three <clears throat> you 've heard that it was said, "Love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those <clears throat> Who believe in climate change. Uh, (laughs) And those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil. And the good. And he sends rain. On the righteous and the unrighteous. And Jesus died for who? The righteous? He died for the unrighteous. But we hate them. I mean if they don't agree with us. We, you know, we tend to. I'm saying in in our natural sense, we we start developing an attitude, and uh, that's why Paul says, "Let this attitude be in you, like Christ was," in that Philippians verse. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors do that. He says. He says, "Do not even the pagans do that?" Be therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven. Is perfect. Anybody know what that means, the word perfect in that? What's that? Mature, Mature, exactly. It means mature. This is a mature Christian. This is how we set ourselves apart, how we live in this world but are not of it, is that it says that we actually uh, love our enemies. And as we begin to do that and we pray for people rather than dividing ourselves from them, that's how we become mature. And so, where are you? Where am I? You know, we all have to think about that. What maturity level are you, you know, in God? Um, We're not there yet, I can tell you that. And I'm not sure about turning the other cheek and, you know, all that stuff. You know, it's... uh, We've got a ways to go, but this is this is this is our path. You know, Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." This is this is this is the truth. This is where he wants us to go. Um, <clears throat> okay, James one nineteen says, "Be quick to hear and slow to speak." Well, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I've already got my mind made up, right? So, um, it's hard to listen to somebody that has a different opinion of you. But James says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. How are you ever going to make peace with anybody if you don't listen to them? You know, there may be a heck of a good reason why they're, they're the way they are, but you just don't even understand it. And uh, they're probably wrong, obviously, but, <laughs> um, but you know, we I think we get so entrenched, we just don't even listen to anybody else. And uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, uh, Philippians 2, 4 says, don't just look on your own interests, but look on the interests of others. Okay, so I don't want to look on the interest of this person that, um, let's say let's say they believe in abortion. I don't want to look on their interests. I don't care. What they're doing is killing babies. Right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mad and upset with them. I'm going to be angry with them. And uh, they deserve to go where they're going to go. Right? But yet Jesus died for them. So what do we do with that? So how do we live, you know, in this life? You know, what's the truth? Is it the truth that abortion is bad or abortion is good? Is that where the truth is? Or is the truth where you look at that other person? Because maybe they need Christ too in their life. So um, those are tough issues But He's calling us to be different, sanctified, set apart in this world. In this world, but not of it. So, what about love your neighbor as yourself? Are we are we like the the, the, the Pharisee or Sadducee said, "Okay, right." So who's my neighbor? <laughs> you mean I got to love those people or is it this guy that's my buddy lives right next door to me? Who is he? Who's my neighbor? You know, is there a out on this thing? Is there somebody I can say, no, they're, they're too bad. They're too far gone. Uh, isn't there, isn't there some wiggle, wiggle room on that one? And that's when Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan who was despised, you know, by the Jews. And, uh, so that's, uh, that's what he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he says the whole thing is, is wrapped up in that. Well, that's really different because I thought we were supposed to divide and conquer, you know, overtake these people. Um, is, that, is that it or, or not? Um, tough questions. Uh, love your neighbor, be a servant. Uh, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the last. And the servant of all—something to think about—and uh, I think it has a lot to do with just attitude. Uh, but you know, uh, in the kingdom of heaven, the greatest is going to be the servant. You know, sometimes you think about—well, you get to heaven, God's going to be, God's going to be like, whoa, you know, and and all these mighty leaders and stuff. You know, people like. You're afraid to go into their office, you know. They're probably going to yell at you or something, you know. He says, no, the greatest are going to be your servants. So that's kind of a different way to look at him, right? Uh, this is a guy that's been serving me. Whoa, that's okay, you know. We can, that's awesome. They deserve to be the highest person. They didn't just get there because their daddy put them there. They deserve to be the highest person. Jesus deserves to be in the highest place. Because it's real. It's the truth. He is the truth. And it's real. It's not not some trumped up thing. That wasn't a pun. (laughs) I'm just biding my time, though. (laughs) Galatians 6.10 says, Be good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Well, I don't think I want to be good to those because they're sort of working against me, you know. It's going to help their cause, right? Why would I do that? I don't know. But he said, be good to old men, especially those of the household of faith. You might win one of them, you know. They might see that there's something more to life than just just fighting, you know, or picking sides and this kind of thing. Um, so... The truth is that we are in a battle in this world, and and the battle is is heating up, and we're we're in it, and uh, it's uh, it's not for this worldly kingdom. It's not for all those things that we talked about at first. Which side am I on? This and that. This is not where the real battle is, because. let's turn over to uh John 1836 there is a battle and there's right and wrong in the world Jesus said you're in the world right you don't have to get out of it whatever you're doing you don't have to get out of it bitch says don't be of it don't be like it don't act like don't act like it you know follow Christ in that another place he said you know when People would get saved. He said, stay in the profession you're in. You know, be a Christian right where you're at. And uh, you're in the world, but not of it. You're not acting just like it. John 18, 36 says, um, <clears throat> Jesus, back back before Pilate, this is another conversation. When he's before Pilate, he said, <clears throat> Uh, he asked him if he was a king, and uh, uh, he said he was. But he says, "My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews." You know, because it was it wasn't fair. I mean, the Jews were arresting him on no no charges, no no good charges. You should fight that sort of thing, right? I mean, this isn't fair. You know. And he said, he said, "But my kingdom is not of this world." I'm I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. What I'm fighting for, this is not what I'm fighting for. This is not what I'm about. And uh, he said, if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. You know, and I think it was Peter who pulled out the sword, right, and chopped off the guy's ear. What did Jesus do? He said, good work, son. <laughs> no, he said, don't do that. And then what did he do for the guy that was coming to take him to kill him? He healed his ear, put it back on, right? So, yeah, that's really different. You know, why would he even bother? You know, it's just the ear. Why would he even bother? Um, but now my kingdom is from another place. In Genesis 3 1, it says that Satan is the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. And uh, yeah, he can come at you like a roaring lion. But he can also come at you like a snake in the grass. <laughs> and uh, he, and uh, it says he's the most subtle. His strategy, I, I believe, in the world today, it, it may be bold in some ways, but the ultimate strategy is very, very subtle. It's very subtle. And we get all wrapped up in, in all these issues that we're fighting, these righteous causes that we're fighting, by golly, for Christ, you know, and all these things, and uh, you mean you're not fighting for that you're a Christian and well and you're not you don't believe that you're not fighting for that, you know i mean what's wrong what's wrong with you? You probably got some sort of a demon hanging around you, or something like that, you know uh, who knows what could be worse <laughs> um, I believe that a big part of his strategy. It's to get people, and especially Christians, to fight against one another for, the tr- for righteous causes. You might say for the truth and divide and conquer. If you can get people against one another for almost any reason and divide it where they don't think on the things of others, they don't love their neighbor as their self, they don't pray for other people they're not concerned about other people. if you can get them to that point, and Jesus said it in matthew uh, twelve twenty five they accused him of being uh, of the devil and uh, casting out demons but yeah he's that's because he's the he's the chief one of them you know he's a bad guy and uh but he said uh, a kingdom divided against itself can't stand and so I believe that a very subtle strategy is to get people, even Christians, and people in the world divided against themselves. And it says that a kingdom divided can't stand. It says the blessing is on unity. That's where God puts the blessing, is on unity. And these things that we've been talking about that seem so strange in so many different ways are his way. They're not our ways. That's, that's his ways. And he wants to, I believe first he wants to divide uh, this country. And that's pretty obvious. He's doing a pretty good job of it today. And uh, we're fighting righteous causes against unrighteous people or, or whatever. But the bigger issue is that we're divided. We can't find any middle ground. We can't come together. We can't pray for one another. We can't. We can't hold it together. And then guess where he's going after the country? Church. He wants to divide the church, too. Because you divide it, you can conquer it, right? And so, as we have our own opinions and we have these thoughts, you know, about other people, um, which uh, Jesus really kind of said they're, they're very serious when you're angry with somebody, he actually, like, put it in the same sentence as murder <laughs> because out of the abundance of the heart, this is where things come from. This is where they start, and this is where they lead. And, uh, you know, it says sin when it's fully conceived. This is where it is. It doesn't mean that being angry and, and dealing with it uh, leads to murder, but where does, where does it come from? It, it's out of the heart. It's, it's a desire to kill somebody, to do that. It's it's serious. So he wants to divide the church, uh, the country, the church. Where's he going after that? Family, right. Wants to divide your family. Jesus said your enemies will be those of your own family. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, well, I've got an uncle. He doesn't believe this way. We don't want him at Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know. But the family, we don't all. Agree? Do we do we pray for one another and and uh, you know care for one another or or not? Are we different in that way, or are we kind of like everybody else? Are we are we separated or or not? And then what about after the family? Marriage. Divide a marriage. People don't see the same way. So. And it may seem like you're sure right. By golly, I'm sure right. I'm just standing up for what's right. But yet, it it happens. So, does it make sense? Well, he's really very subtle in his ways, because it seems right, but then it turns out for bad. So that's pretty tricky. Uh, pretty tr- tricky strategy. So, I would like to. Uh, close with a couple of scriptures here Psalm 119, 105 and I think everybody knows this one it's it's a good one Um, if I can find it Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we're talking about truth today. And it says, thy word is truth. God's word is true. Jesus is the truth. And the things that he did, the way he lived, the things that he told us to do, those are the truth. And he said, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So how the heck are you going to walk through this mess of, you know, Politics, social issues, uh, you name it. All this stuff, this, this darkness that's out there and we don't know the truth and which is right and everybody thinks they've got the right. How are you going to walk through that? Said, he said, his word. And when we stick to this, he will lead us right on through. You have got the flashlight. You can see that coffee table before you stub your toe on it, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you use the word. If you don't, you may, you may hit something pretty hard. And so he will help us to negotiate these times, but we won't be like everybody else. We'll be in the world, but not out of the world. We're not doing things just the same way everybody else is. And uh, uh, Ephesians 6,10 and 11, getting down to the very end here. Um, 10 through 18 actually finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against what the devil's schemes he's got schemes and he, he's working them pretty good and he's being pretty effective these days uh for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly realms. This is what we're really fighting. It's not climate change. <laughs> um, yeah, all these things all these things are out there, but the truth is it's about our relationships with other people because it's dividing us, dividing us. And uh, I believe that's his strategy, divide and conquer. Therefore, when you talk to somebody and they just kind of stonewall you, guess why? Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. <laughs> you know, we're flat fighting against principalities and powers of darkness that are basically wanting to get us to be divided from each other. And so if they can convince you that you're right, and by golly, I got my rights, and I got my rights, I don't need to listen to you, you know? And so you talk to people, and and they just, they don't listen. And James said, but James said, be quick to hear and listen. Don't consider your own thing. Even somebody's opposed to you, how about listening to them? Well, why, why do you feel that way? Explain that to me so I can understand. Let's pray together and try to, let's, let's try to get past this thing. And, uh, b- because that's how you win the battle. <laughs> because it's a spiritual battle. It's not a battle of, of knowledge. It's not a battle of intellect. It's, it's not a battle of, of I know more than you do. Because it says knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. So how can we build up our relationships with people? The armor of God is interesting, but it starts off. The first thing is with the belt of truth. <laughs> the truth is God's word, and that's what we that's what we walk by and live by. And uh, righteousness, breastplate uh, of righteousness, our right standing with God. And I like this one: Your feet are shod with the with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I mean, would you like to help somebody have peace with God and know that Jesus paid the price for that? It's mighty hard if you're fighting among climate change. <laughs> That's not. It's not in the in the dialogue, you know. It's not part of the subject. That would be awkward, you know. Um, but we're so focused on that, you know, that uh, we can't see the forest for the trees. If, if it's a person that maybe doesn't know the Lord, uh, we just want to be right. We just show we're right because we have the knowledge and uh, shield of faith. So. We do have to believe that God will come through for us if we live the way he wants us to. Because like when you turn the other cheek or don't, don't uh, fight for your rights, or you humble yourself, who's going to help you? They're just going to beat you up. you got to believe God's going God's to take care of you because he's the one that judges righteously. Then take up the helmet of salvation, and the last one was uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's what you fight with is the word of God. It's not who's right and who's wrong or who's, who's got the best, uh, who's read the most on, on the vaccine. You know, uh, or who, you know, it's not, it's not in that realm that we're fighting. Last scripture, Romans twelve twenty one, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good amen it's a better way it's not not the way everybody's doing it it's like my mom said just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right (laughs) so anyway thanks everybody johnny's gonna close us out